And welcome to Here We Stand. This is the voice of the Republic and the Resistance. It's February the 6th, 2022, and I'm your regular host, Kevin Annett, Eagle Strong Voice. In times like the present, we should utter nothing for which we would not be willing to be held responsible throughout all time and eternity. Those were the words of Abraham Lincoln on the eve of the Civil War, and of course, even more famous words from him. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. And folks, we are today in the midst of another civil war, really a fight between a global corporatocracy of tyranny on the one hand and a free humanity on the other the free men and women organized under their own sovereign jurisdiction in their own republics and assemblies and common law courts. That is the civil war facing us now. It is upon us. It's not an idea anymore. It's our living reality every day that we're all fighting. And the question, will we endure in the civil war? Whether we endure or not will not depend on the right phrases, the right words, the right protest, or even the right court warrants. What will allow us to endure is our own will, our courage, our ability to fight back against every odd and every power and endure to the end, because this fight is intergenerational. Our children, our grandchildren will be engaged in this. And whether we endure with the right knowledge and the right heart will determine whether they survive or not. Now, today we're going to play an interview we did just two days ago, Owen Lucas of the Commonwealth Court Network in England, and our burgeoning Republic of Anglia over there, and myself did a very important interview where we went into a lot of detail about what you're going to hear about briefly in this introduction. Now, of course, if you uh, receive the notice of today's show, you'll see it had kind of an interesting title that um, the, uh, let me just read it, is Trudeau in hiding? Who is being arrested by our Kamalash court sheriffs? Can we kill the corporatocracy claw by claw? Well, of course, no. You can't take apart a global tyranny like this in pieces. We've got to attack the heart and the head and also look at how it influences our own thoughts and behavior. Trudeau is not in hiding. He's fled. (laughs) He's fled the capital of Canada, Ottawa, and he's hiding out on the West Coast. But there's a lot of evidence that he's actually forming literally a government in exile with his Chinese sponsors. That's one of the reasons he's out on the West Coast. And that's one of the reasons so much energy is put into keeping everyone's attention on the East Coast. Because, as we've talked about before, even though these truck convoys are filled with a lot of good and well-meaning people, the money is coming from other sources. And as we've uncovered, coming from China and its affiliates including the two big investment companies that control big pharma, BlackRock Investments and the Vanguard Group. Now, all of our work is at murderbydecree.com under ITCCS updates. You can see all of the updates there and also republicofcanada.ca. But prior to the interview Owen and I did just two days ago that you're going to hear today, people have been asking, well, what about these mass graves? What exactly has happened? Who has been arrested so far? Here's a summary. So far, according to the common law court verdicts that came out from our judgment on January the 15th, three individuals have been arrested on the West Coast and one in Europe. Now, first of all, it's important to say we cannot disclose who has been arrested because they won't live long. 
These people are indicting others who are at the very pinnacle of the system. And if we say who it is, either they will get taken out or the people around them and the people they know who they're going to finger for us. One, in fact, one of these people have said that they're going to name other people involved in burying children killed in drug testing experiments as recently as 2019. They have the location of that mass grave. Obviously, we can't disclose the identity of who we've detained. Those people have been handed over to local police and are being held in local prisons under common law jurisdiction. That's all I can say about them. But they have identified others who our common law court sheriffs will be detaining. Now, what's interesting and very, very important is that police in four countries now are actively supporting our work. They are helping us serve the warrants. In England, they've even gone into Tesco pharmacies and helped shut them down and seize the COVID vaccines off the shelf. Sorry, not vaccines, experimental drugs. And so this is beginning to turn the tide, as we've talked about before. These mass graves that have recently been uncovered on the west coast of Canada containing children and others killed in these drug testing experiments as recently as two years ago, this is, this is just a continuation of the genocidal crime that has happened. It's a continuity of genocide, as we've often said. The mass graves in Kamloops and at the old Indian residential schools and in the Indian hospitals, it's just a continuation of that crime, the ongoing genocide now aimed at all of us. Now, what's helped in mobilizing the police and others to come forward, and which has allowed these arrests to happen, is a reward offer. We've put out in North America $10,000 reward for anyone helping to arrest the 75 individuals that you can see named in the warrant. Just go to murderbydecree.com under ITCCS updates, the January 15th posting. And not only a reward is offered of 10,000 U.S., 7,500 pounds sterling in England, but an offer of immunity, that is, Pope Francis, who's also being convicted in this. Anyone within the Vatican, his bodyguards, other officials of the Vatican, if they help identify and arrest him, they will be spared, they will be given immunity from prosecution. So, in other words, we're turning the tables slowly but surely on this whole system. Now, of course, as we said earlier, this system is not going to be taken down overnight or piece by piece. We have to aim at its head. We have to set up an alternative on a global scale. So July 1st to 4th, there will be an international convention that's being organized by people so far from nine different nations who are organizing republic assemblies and a new republic jurisdiction to replace. It's our answer to the corporatized United Nations. These will be gatherings of people in all the different nations who are establishing their own citizen-run republics. There'll be more on that, but this is what we're talking about. We're creating alternatives, not mere protest, but everything. Now, going back to uh, the question of Justin Trudeau for a minute, I've, I'm going to release an article this uh, week, um, which has more on this. I entitled it Justin and Me. Uh, or, and... Um, it's interesting, he made a comment recently, those protesters are a fringe group who have unacceptable views. Sounds like the Pope or a king in Europe, right? Well, not surprisingly, Justin thinks and speaks like that because his father did. The infamous Pierre Trudeau, who announced in, uh, in imposing uh, a very smaller version of what we're facing now, the War Measures Act, in October 1970. Somebody asked him why was he imposing martial law because of a dozen guys, apparently with guns, and he said, 
All I can say to those bleeding hearts who get nervous at the sight of guns is, go ahead and bleed. That was Pierre Trudeau in October 1970. Well, Justin, unfortunately, has inherited that, but not only because his father was an abusive individual uh, who beat up his own wife in public. And I know that because my uncle, George McCuit, who was a Liberal Party bagman, he used to dinner with the Trudeaus, he and my Aunt Claudette, were sitting down with uh, Pierre and Margaret Trudeau in the Chateau Laurier one night in late in 1972. And Margaret Trudeau made a comment about the upcoming election. She made some political observation. Well, Pierre didn't like what she said, so he leaned across the table, knocked her right in the face, punched her in the face. She passed out cold, fell back on the floor, and he went on eating his dinner. Now, this is the kind of individual that uh, raised Justin Trudeau, but somebody else did as well. There was a man called John Seeley, and he was an American sociologist, an accused child rapist who worked for the CIA in their mind control programs, He was also a friend and frequent house guest of Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, where he served as a self-described personal mentor to young Justin Trudeau and his two brothers, Michelle and Alexander. And he often would take the Trudeau children to a place called the Hollywood Hospital in New Westminster, B.C., the suburb of Vancouver. And it was the Hollywood Hospital was a notorious center for mind control and LSD research run by the Canadian government, the Catholic Church, with considerable CIA funding. Well, according to an eyewitness, a nurse who we have interviewed as part of our court uh, trial against Trudeau, this nurse who's now in retirement in Kamloops said, all I know is the Trudeau kids were always kept off by themselves, not with the other children. I heard they had them in the deep sleep room where they did all the behavior modification work. They'd always come and go in secret, and we were told to keep quiet about it. Well, I'm also looking at a letter from a pharmaceutical company called Sandoz Pharmaceuticals, uh, where it describes the use of children and others at the Hollywood Hospital in New Westminster, where the Trudeau children were taken, and where their own mother, Margaret Trudeau, who was belted by Pierre at the Chateau Laurier that night, Margaret Trudeau as a child was also taken to the Hollywood Hospital uh, for undisclosed chemical testing. And of course, she suffered from severe manic depression, had electric shock therapy later, In other words, this whole family was targeted for severe mind control and drug testing. Now, Sandoz Pharmaceuticals was a predecessor of Novartis and Roche Pharmaceuticals, which are now in the docket of having been convicted of organ trafficking and medical genocide in China and in British Columbia. Sandoz Pharma prospered in Nazi Germany, where they developed the LSD drug, and they were then worked with the CIA in places like the Hollywood Hospital, where the Trudeau children were taken. So it's no wonder that Justin Trudeau is now out on the West Coast, possibly like the scene from the Manchurian Candidate movie, the presidential hopeful goes into a hospital room and he's got probes inserted in his brain and he's had checkups done on him to make sure he's acting right. I think it's very likely that's what's going on with Justin Trudeau, but he's also out there on the West Coast where his sponsors and paymasters, the Chinese government, are actively setting up another government to which perhaps Justin's going to belong, though. This is all informed speculation, but it's based on hard evidence, including the documents and the people I mentioned. Now, that's some of what uh, uh, you can find out more as we release in pieces the evidence that will uh, that was the basis of the conviction and the, and the court warrants that are now being used. But before we finish, we've got about four minutes left here before we do the interview um, from two days ago with uh, Owen Lucas and myself. But... 
people are continually asking, yeah, by what authority do we do this? And it's unfortunate people even have to ask that question. Because by asking that question, they don't believe in their own authority. They don't understand the basis of a sovereign, sovereign common law republic, which is that the people themselves are the authority. We derive our authority from our existence as freeborn sovereign men and women. Now, put another way, you could say, well, by what right did Spartacus, back in Roman times, lead that slave rebellion? Who gave him authority to do that? Did Jesus go into the temple and get a certificate to allow him to preach and heal? Did the Founding Fathers in America ask England for permission before they declared their independence? No, none of them did that because it arose from their own God-given sovereign ability to govern themselves in the face of tyranny. And that famous quote from John Knox, the Protestant uh, Reformation leader, who said, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Why? Because God is our one authority, not a man or woman or pope or tyrant or prime minister or anyone especially when they impose tyranny on us. So that is the basis of our sovereignty. And if people need more proof of that, I would suggest they look inside themselves and ask themselves, why don't you believe that you're capable of doing these things? Look at the actions we've done. In January 19th, the same day that our our sheriffs arrived in London to serve the warrants on Elizabeth Windsor, J- Justin Welby, and Emma Walmsley of GlaxoSmithKline, the same day, the British government canceled their COVID measures, not accidentally. The truckers arrived in Ottawa last week, many of them armed with our, our arrest warrants against Justin, against Justin Trudeau, and he flees to the West. This is a concrete proof of the power of our common law court warrants. Pope Benedict is still sitting in the Vatican almost a decade later after being convicted by the same warrants. This is proof. They know, they know they will be arrested. They just have to keep everyone blind and dumb to their own power under common law authority. But the final point on that is those common law courts only can come about from a different sovereign jurisdiction, our own republics. And that, in a nutshell, is, is why and how we do the things we do. Now, in, uh, just before we go into the interview, to remind everyone who might be listening for the first time, murderbydecree.com. Go on that website to, at the top of the page, you'll see ITCCS updates. And when you go to those updates, you'll see a whole series of articles. Go to the one on January 15th, scroll to the bottom of that, and you'll see all of the warrants. The arrest warrant against these 75 individuals, including Justin Trudeau, the heads of Big Pharma, Pope Francis, all the others named. A warrant of seizure and expropriation against the COVID drugs and the property and assets of these criminal institutions. A public warrant to seize the vaccine and prohibiting the imposition of the, quote, vaccine, that is the experimental drug, on any of us. And finally, the reward offer and the offer of immunity from prosecution for anyone who comes forward with more information on any of that. So take it all to heart. Learn more from the interview you're about to hear and contact us. Angelfire101 at protonmail.com is me, Kevin Anna at Eagle Strong Voice, and Write to the court and the tribunal at ITCCS office at protonmail.com. Brothers and sisters, it's up to each one of us now. Carry it on. Stay strong. Stay clear. We'll be back again. Okay, we're on a truncated time scale today, Kev. So let me just cue you up with this quote you sent to me. International sheriffs and human rights observers are going to the site of mass graves of kids killed in pharma testing, big pharma testing, and to corner Trudeau in Ontario. 
Uh, last I heard, he was in BC. He is, actually. Um, that Ontario story was a false story they put out to distract people. But it's significant he's going out to the West Coast because whenever he's in trouble, he does that, obviously to consult with the Chinese advisors of his. Uh, and Vancouver Island is where he's reported to be is a hotspot for these things. This is where we've already made arrests of people in connection to the mass graves you mentioned, but also the ongoing human and organ trafficking all over that area of the world with the active Chinese and big farm involvement. So, yeah, things are really coming to a head in many ways. I just also heard that there's a UK truck convoy starting tomorrow. And um, I wanted to uh, mention about how we also have issued a reward, $10,000 US, 7,500 pounds sterling for anyone who helps aid in the arrest of the criminals in their particular area. So in England, that means Elizabeth Windsor, uh, CEO of GlaxoSmithKline, Emma Wamsley, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, the three W's, I call them. WWW, right. Um, so just back to the, the Trudeau situation, because I, I believe yeah. there's trucker convoys all over the place now. You know, Canada, or Canada UK, uh, Australia, I heard Canberra's being sieged with truckers too. But, but uh, just back to um, Trudeau in BC, Vancouver Island is, is where you began, right? That, that was uh, Port Alberni. Is, is he near that? That's right. Uh, it's no accident. Uh, you know, that historically, that's where the last of the indigenous people uh, who were holding out against British expansionism, um, they were targeted in a big way. There were more residential schools and experimental hospitals on Vancouver Island than anywhere in Canada. And it's a very secret area. There are a lot of hidden coves in that where a lot of these crimes can go on. That's where I was when I uncovered this stuff uh, right in the heart of the island, Port Alberni. And, um, you know, it's it, it has easy access to all the, the coast. A lot of the ships come in and park off the west coast of Vancouver Island rather than going to the Vancouver Harbor to smuggle drugs, human beings. Maoris have been telling us that all over the west side of Vancouver Island for over 20 years. So it's a long practice. Yet now it's been ramped up in a huge way because of the whole Chinese invasion and takeover of that area with the complicity of Trudeau personally. And, and so he's gone and inverted commas to his, his protection uh, over over on the West Coast. So it's almost yeah, like... Some I, people I, are saying, yeah. I, I was just thinking it's a bit like one of those um, cartoons. You, you remember Penelope Pitstop with the Anthill mob? All the truckers have gone to Ottawa and all the bad guys in Ottawa, or Trudeau right. in Ottawa, has, has headed from where the convoy started, right? He's, well, that's, <laughs> they've, got that's to, they've got to turn around and go back. No, no, here, here's what we believe is going on. Um, the Chinese money is everywhere in North America, you know, like Vatican money. And when it comes to do with political parties in Europe or anywhere, really, um, China is heavily financing the civil war in America between the Democrats and Republicans. They're also heavily funding these trucker protests, which at first seems contradictory. And yet look where they're all heading. They're all leaving the West Coast. They're all going east in Canada. And they've got everyone distracted, focused on Ottawa. Right. while the real action is happening on the West Coast. So. That, again, is not accidental. They've read Sun Tzu. They know you have to create distractions. You've got to hit where your enemy is weak, not where they're strong. And so this you've got to look at it in a bigger kind of geopolitical way of what's really going on. Big Pharma and the, and the Chinese government have been, uh, you know, are both in, uh, convicted in our, of organ tra trafficking, human trafficking, child murder. And uh, obviously they want to distract from that fact, right? 
And, and Vancouver specifically has been a hub, you know, for anybody who hasn't been following, of uh, a, a lockdown internationally. It's, it's a really important port, right, for exports of huge amounts of grain, particularly, but food, leaving North America to go uh, to around the world. But, and also, of course, the LNG, the liquefied natural gas, well, which that's a, fuels yeah. China, right? Yeah, Vancouver was named as one of the three hotspots of human trafficking as far back as the 1990s. Uh, by even United Nations uh, human rights groups. Um, so, yeah, it's significant in the whole Pacific Rim, very significant. Seattle and Vancouver are really one kind of port complex. But um, more to the point, as you mentioned, the liquid natural gas, China is switching its economy from coal burning to liquid natural gas. They need all of it, uh, every ounce of LNG in northern British Columbia. As we've talked about before, that's why all the indigenous nations all along the LNG routes which corresponded to the Highway of Tears, where all the Native families go missing. That's been a long genocidal project that the Mounties, the Trudeau government, the Chinese have been doing for a number of years, the last 15 years, really. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's more of where you, you follow the money, you follow the action, and constantly leads to the West Coast of Canada, right? Would you say then, uh, categorically, that an invasion of North America has started, and we just haven't had, we haven't got to the overt warfare aspect. We're still in the, the, the sort of covert uh, softening up period of it. It's accomplished. It isn't simply started. It's accomplished. The Chinese own the Western economy of Canada and increasingly of the United States. Um, from their point of view, it's what you have to do to grab the resources to feed and, you know, fuel your economy, feed your people and that. But, um, you know, it, it's, we have to see these crimes in the context of all of that, because it's no accident. That's where we convened our common law court in September in Vancouver. We had to move it. We, it was kind of like a traveling court that went to a lot of areas to gather evidence. We were under constant attack. That's why I suffered that chemical attack in the summer and the fall uh, that I'm still dealing with the health effects. Um, you know, but I mean, it's it, you, when you look around the world, Suddenly in 19 countries, you have truck convoys, right. boom, right out of the blue. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't legitimate, but it's also being manipulated as a distraction. People are now saying, oh, look, we've accomplished. I said, well, what have you accomplished? They're driving around protesting. That's a containable action. That's what the system wants you to do, right? But as well as giving a hit to the uh, corporations, the, the petrochemical corporations, you're saying there's also common law sheriffs uh, doing a lot of good work in Ottawa as we speak. Are they, are they, are they physically um, accosting and arresting uh, the criminals? Not in Ontario. That's the point. That the, the arrests have happened on the West Coast. Ontario, right. And that's, you know, on Vancouver Island. We have now three people in custody. One of them is agreed to name other names and to take us to this mass grave site. I can't say where that is. I can't name who it is because they'll probably be dead if we mention their names or the people they know will be neutralized. So we've got to keep this very confidential right now to get to those sites and stop it. They're very worried. Uh, we've learned that in Prince Rupert, which is the northern superport right. owned by China, it's up the coast towards Alaska. It's where the, all, all the LNG comes out. Prince Rupert is now owned by China, basically. They've even got their troops stationed there. Uh, undercover, you know, in in not in uniform, but it's very you know secretive the way they operate in public, so they're they're not noticeable right away. But um, you know, in in another sense, they don't even need to bring in troops because they already have got the government in their pocket, so and the courts and everything. So that's why it, this this verdict by our court is all the more explosive 
really and revolutionary because it's saying we need regime change. We don't just need Trudeau to leave because uh, that's the demand of the truckers significantly. They're all saying just get Trudeau out and things will be fine. Well, that's absurd. Yeah. You know, it, we've indicted the system and we need the people who are protesting now need to become sheriffs. They need to form their own militias, citizen militias to permanently protect our people. And eventually, and this is the other announcement I want to make, we're helping set up with the court in July. We want to hold an international conference of all people who are working to build common law republics around the world. Kind of our answer to the United Nations. We want an international federation of republics. And we're going to urge people to form their own constitutional conventions in their countries to convene these republics. That's the only way you'll have the jurisdiction and the sovereignty to act. Otherwise, you're in their jurisdiction and, and people balk in taking the next step, which is you've got to get rid of this whole genocidal system. Right. Uh, the, the, the note I'm to ask you about is, is centralization versus diversification slash localization. And so, you know, yeah. looking around the world, we've got these, this huge power base of the people, you know, seeing the pictures of, uh, Ottawa, <laughs> not Ontario, uh, Ottawa plus, you know, Canberra. You're saying there's one over here in the UK now, you know, all around the world now, the, the wake up is, is really, really, uh, comprehensive. Let's, let's just keep it general like that. And so, but with, with a, a perhaps a, a naive, uh, wet behind the ears, a viewpoint in that you just got to get rid of the the bad politicians and the world will be rosy, rosy and flowery again. But you and I know that yeah. there's, you know, a healthy freshening up that can happen by getting rid of that oh, yeah. middle area of uh, politics and, and, the, and the regime in that respect. And uh, But if we can move it away from a centralized hub that the yeah. bad guys in, in the wings of the shadowy theater, perhaps that's just a good way to put it, they they have been manipulating, utilizing as puppets our representatives in a very common right. But now well, that's being erased, and we've got this next stage to uh, consider. Right. It's like a lot of steam out there, and now we need the piston okay. uh, to direct it into a new energy. And, uh, you know, when you look in history, like the American Civil War did not start to abolish slavery. It started to defend the republic against a breakaway movement. But by two years later, Lincoln issued the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation to free the slaves because a war and a conflict has a momentum all of its own. And people who may start in one state of mind very quickly can turn into a much uh, more expansive revolutionary mentality, right? And that's what the system fears. So in one sense, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, they can launch these protests to distract attention, but at the same time, they're giving people incredible hope when you look out there and you see people coming together. When you look at the film, people are coming out, old people. It's it's chilling. It, you know, when you see thousands of people lining the streets, waving, encouraging, you know, get rid of the COVID measures, right? They couldn't have imagined that there was spark that, right? And yet now they want to direct it. It's like we talked about last time. The CIA in their manuals say you can't stop a flood. You can direct it. And that's what they're going to do now. They're going to say, you know, we don't need a republic. We need proper representation. We need to get rid of Trudeau. We need an election. And then the Tories will come in and take over and Tweedledum, Tweedledee. And they'll direct it. And by and large, they'll succeed at first because they got the money to do it. But who's behind the scenes? And the seed of really revolutionary change is implicit in everything that's going on now. We just need a different kind of leadership now to direct that in a different way until people learn and mature themselves so they can direct themselves, right? Exactly, 100%. I just did a post the other day about oligarchy being the um, 
the tyrannic tyranny of of the few, and and it's yeah. you know the, the the mentality of of Joe Public, if you like, is is that you know we, we need a we need to be led. We we need a leader. You know we understand oh, yeah. how that system works. So let's just replace the bad one with a good one. But we need to completely change that uh, philosophy, right? And and this is this is the big question. Uh, how do we ignite, if that's the right word, uh, local um, power bases that cannot be controlled from a central? It's it's the classic uh, Catholic Church, right? The, the first corporation is is all about centralizing power. Yep, right. And so we've already laid out how. You know, we've given examples. Uh, not only the common law courts and sovereignty in that, but a republic, how people need to assemble it from the grassroots, form local assemblies, you know, establish your own common law courts. Once you've lit a thousand brush fires all over the place, they can't put those out, but they can put out a centralized movement. That's why the the smear and the shutdown on our, what we're doing is so complete now. Well, almost complete. It, we're almost censored off every major system, um, you know, but it doesn't matter because, you, you know, one idea can spread like a virus. It isn't dependent on me or our movement. People now independently all over the world, and this is what's amazing on, all over the world, people independently are now saying what we've been saying for many years, which is these, the system as a whole is corrupt. It's inherently corrupt. We need something different where the people rule directly. Well, that's what we say in our common law training manual on, on the Republic website and everything. So that idea is now spreading like wildfire, and you can't stop it You know, once it's started, right? And getting specific then, uh, stage number one, step number one, it would be to roll back all federal authority. Is, is, is that a, a fair enough way to start? We've nullified the authority of the crown, for example. Let's talk about England, where you are. Okay, sure. Uh, and, you know, we're issuing, by the way, as I mentioned, we have a 7,500-pound 7, reward offer for anyone who helps detain Elizabeth Windsor, Emma Walmsley, and Justin Welby. Um, and also the arrest warrant, we're sending that to all the truckers so they can use the arrest warrant to not sim they can simply not only surround Buckingham Palace, they can walk in there with the arrest warrant and stop her and deputize her palace guard and tell the police they can't interfere. We've had huge success with that. So once you've done that, you've nullified head of state. She's already nullified. She's a convicted criminal. But you then say to people in England, it's not parliament we need because they're controlled. It's a controlled body, right? under crown authority. We've got our own authority now. We've got, we need to, you know, be delegates. All those people all over England need to be delegates to a convention to establish a constitutional republic. Like you had in, in 1649 in England, you're just reviving that republic that was crushed militarily by Charles II, 11 years later. The, the inherency of what we're doing is writing English law going back a thousand years. We just have to act on it. So that's the example in other countries where they don't have common law, they're learning quickly and they're calling it by other names like the law of nature, um, you know, other things, but they recognize that it's a civil war globally between the corporatocracy, which has no rule of law. It just says you do what you're told. And um, the people grassroots democracy through these, their own self-governing republics. So, that's really the civil war building. And we've got to do everything to to build it because the more people you have on your side, the less violent it has to be, right? 100%. And, um, and that, that's the point. Uh, I, was, I was listening to a very uh, compelling and um, uh, 
unbelievable guy uh, who, who put together, I don't know if you know, the, the Magna Carta 2020, um, a guy called Michael oh, yeah. Bernicea. And, and he was saying that there's a lot of reports in, in this country, UK, about the police forces turning tail, uh, changing allegiance, changing authority and joining we the people. Are you, are you getting many reports along those lines? I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that, you know, my, my initial response to that was, oh, well, that's great. Someone else is doing it. So, you know, you can sit back, but we've got to be very careful, right? That we don't, you know, yeah. uh, take our foot off the gas. Yes. In fact, we've learned. I mean, th- that's the thing to remember. Everything is fluid. Uh, you know, people often come into movements with a set blueprint and they just say, this is what we got to do. But that's not life. You have to be, you know, if you do that in a, in a, in a battle, you're wiped out. If you've got one fixed way of looking at it, because the enemy can maneuver right around you, right? You need to think fluidly all the time. So with our aim in mind, but always changing our tactics on the basis of events every day. And so, um, yeah, so, so we're not stuck on one course of action, but we have to do everything possible to do two things. Awaken people to what they're really in. and weaken the system and we're seeing it weaken and collapse everywhere i'll give you some examples we've had people now in in chile in new zealand um in england there was an example in cornwall recently where the the common law court people went into a tesco pharmacy said you can't distribute these covid drugs they showed them a warrant the police showed up and they shut down the pharmacy um it was actually shut down. We're, we, I can connect you with those folks and they can describe how they did it. Oh, yeah. uh, that's an example all over the world and in many countries, the ones I mentioned, they're finding the police either standing back or actively helping. And so there's a shift happening. A lot of the police are saying, we don't, you know, we don't want to get the shot. These are things that are untested and dangerous. They're agreeing with us. And so we're beginning to win the hearts and minds of a minority right. of the police. And that's when the system panics when we start doing that, right? I noticed that uh, Trudeau made a specific point, uh, you know, while in hiding uh, about the veterans. You know, he, he was trying to make a play that the the Ottawa uh, revolutionaries are um, insulting the the veterans of military <laughs> veterans. And I thought to myself, right, well, that's a real pointer towards where we are in terms of the stage of this whole thing, that we're at the point of the muscle and, and it's the military that's now, you know, extremely crucial to their survival is perhaps a fair enough way to say it. Because if they lose the military, as as you were alluding to here, then you know, militias internal or, or domestic or, or foreign, you know, military or police, then it's it's all over. You know, we, well, right. we, and and you should see the corporate media in Canada. Every report on the truckers' protest is they're stealing. They're going into homeless centers and stealing food from the homeless. Uh, they're urinating on the tomb of the unknown soldier in Ottawa. I mean, it's everything designed to inflame hatred against them. And it's absurd. Some of the stuff they're saying. I've known. I met a lot of these people. They're just ordinary folks who don't want COVID anymore. But they're rapidly growing in their awareness of what they're facing. You know. Um, it's when you go up against a system that you get radicalized, not because you're reading a book somewhere or something off the Internet. You get hit in the face like I did. You know, we've often talked about my experience. And, OK, that wakes you up really quick what you're dealing with. And as for the military, it's not the Canadian military, which is small. It's the equivalent of only two divisions. It's nothing. Uh, traditionally, it's the U.S. military that would have established control if there had been any breakout of revolt in Canada. They would have just come in. 90% of the Canadian population is within 30 miles of the U.S. border. So it would have been a walk-in by the U.S. military, and everyone knows that. But now, the military you've got to worry about are the Chinese. 
because they are the ones penetrating Canada in a big way. They're the ones who will be used to suppress any serious revolt. And they can do that now under the law, the Foreign Investment Protection Act that Trudeau brought in, the very first thing he brought in when he came to power. So, I mean, yeah, that, that it's a big question. You're right. It's always a question of which way is the military going to go, right? One of the things that they've tried to do over the last two years in a big way is, is close down communication and, and control the narrative. And hence, hospitality got hit so hard economically. Uh, but, but what's happening in, in Ottawa and, and all around the world, you know, London particularly with these huge marches, is that people are communicating and people are really passing on the, the details and the knowledge. So that um, networking can now move us... Uh, into the areas of from assembly to courts. Are, are, you, are you getting a lot of uh, feedback from, from new assemblies and courts kicking up around the world? Oh, I don't have enough time in the day on. I spend my whole day now prioritizing. I mean, I get hundreds of emails and a lot of them are like, is this true? What do I do? Like very elementary questions that I kind of hand it over to other people. The people I focus on are the ones saying, we're organized, we read your stuff, we want to take the next step to taking back power in our country. And those are the ones they focus on and work with. Now, of course, their big issue is they don't have confidence. It's like an unused muscle. They're not used to okay. taking action and getting over the hurdle of fear. What's going to happen to me if I take on the state like this? But the thing to realize is it's states of fiction. It's right. it's a it's a illusion of power that they create. Yeah, they can come and arrest you and throw you in, but, in jail, but how does it help them? The more they repress people, the more they get people on our side. So that's not going to work. They've got to go in here. They've got to brainwash people and create false alternatives to distract them. That at this point of a crisis, that's what they do. It's all about, like we saw with the truckers convoy, guiding it away from the West Coast, right? And so we often say to people, you got to get educated and confident first. Not only educate yourselves, we start like with a workshop or something, but then in the phone call, I say to people, do an action of any kind, do it together. And, you know, a slogan we have is ideas divide us, actions unite us. And you find that, you know, you can sit in a room and five people will have a different interpretation. Uh, if there's five of them there, they'll each have their own interpretation of what we should be doing. How do you interpret this common law training manual? The whole bit. What kind of republic do we want? You won't have unanimity right away in the abstract, but. When you go out there and have an action together, you're united. You, the unity seen on the truckers' convoy is unbelievable. No one's fighting. As a matter of fact, somebody in uh, a town called Sault Ste. Marie, it's right on the Trans-Canada Highway. Somebody, uh, one of our groups there took our arrest warrants to give to the truckers. The arrest warrants were already there. The truckers already had them. Uh, they're all over the wall. People are saying, yeah, we're going to go arrest the guy now. Let's go. I didn't know about this common law card. Okay, let's arrest him. And that's happening all over the place. It's like spreading like wildfire. So I say to people, you don't have to worry about organizing a revolution. You have to work, you have to have in place an alternative so people can then join it. Because if they don't, they're going to get dissipated and they're going to go to whoever's providing the leadership, which in this case is the corporate media, the government, China, the whole bit. They're going to say, no, walk into our little uh, bailiwick and we'll protect you, you know, so. We need to be wise, but very flexible in the tactics we use, right, to counter that. And, and getting to specifics of that, then let's say, you know, look, looking at the, you, you've sent me um, uh, the details of the arrest warrant for um, Queen Elizabeth Windsor, Archbishop of Canterbury, 
Justin Welby and Gleisler Smith Klein, CEO Emma Walmsley. Would, would, the, would the strategy and tactics for arresting those three be different because of their different circumstances? Or perhaps it was from an interview you had, you suggesting that an, a number of about eight was ideal because it's not too unwieldy in terms of too many numbers, but it's enough to you know make a dent, shall we say. Yeah, like you need um, a flexible combination of small action groups, which just go and act. You don't give warning. You strike out of the darkness and fade back. That's what guerrilla movements do, right? Uh, but you also use those moments of big protests, perhaps to distract the police. Uh, you got to get together. You folks know your own situation best. The important thing is to meet physically together and start planning. England is small enough that you can get all over the place quite easily. Canada, you can't. You know, you can't travel to a meeting over in the next province. It takes two days. So you can use your advantage of a small country to physically unite and uh, have these meetings. Uh, people often say, well, let's get the police on our side first. That's often a mistake because the police don't know the law. They'll, they'll look at our thing and say, that isn't real. Well, it is under international law, officer. You just don't know the law, right? So then people's energy gets sucked into educating the police and trying to get them on board. And there goes our energy. It's getting dissipated. So what we do is do an action and then the system has to respond. So yeah, if you do an action, the police will show up and say, look, you're protecting a convicted criminal. That's what we say in Canada. The Mounties always back off when we say that we say Elizabeth Windsor is convicted felon. She head of state, no more. We need a new regime. Cops get that. But at that point, they can't intervene on our side, but they're, we've neutralized them. They stand back like when we did the church occupations. Okay. They showed up, but they never intervened because they knew we were doing a lawful action. And, they, and at that point, the church buckled because they knew the police wouldn't stop us. So what? there goes their, their help, right? So we can employ the same methods now, but rely on your fir first, rely on your own action, do anything, and then see what the result is, and then modify it. The important thing is to work together and never give up. Right. Is contacting the police to uh, inform them of any actions like that gives the opposition uh, adversaries time to organize a, a response or a defense, perhaps. So to catch, you know, your everyday regular cops on the hop who turn up and say, what's going on here? And, you know, eight serious people with everything planned and prepared telling them exactly what's going on and why they need to either um, step away or ideally assist is their only two options. Right. And, um, you know, what? I'll, I'll tell you a method we use. We uh, get to know the police and speak to them off duty. They're just people in our community. You can't, it's like crossing the border. You never do it where there are a lot of supervisors. You just go to an individual place where there's one guy by himself and appeal to him as a human being. It's the same in the system. The police are being watched all the time when they're on the job, but off duty, you can educate them, get them near your meetings. Um, and that way, that's how we've recruited police off the job and then working with us. But, you know, as the methods you use, yeah, you can, those are all important to show that they don't have authority. Ultimately the people do the people, you know, and we can quote from that, uh, the act passed in parliament in January, 1649, that said the people, not the King are the source of all authority and law. Yep. And the king cannot, there's even a section that says the king, that is the crown, cannot refuse an order coming from a court established by the commons. Well, there's our precedent. This is a court established by we, the people, the commons. You cannot 
you know, use that precedent to say to the police, you can't say this is illegal. It's totally lawful, more lawful than the COVID measures, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, we are all sovereign, right? You know, there's this idea that the, the sovereign means the the monarch or the ruler, but you know, the, yeah. it's it's the other way around. The, the the people themselves are the the power base and the strongest source of, of yeah. energy that that there is from a planetary perspective. And, and so, uh, just mentioning earlier on about the uh, Michael O'Bernasia uh, interview, I was just listening to. So he was very confident that. The prosecutor that he's, they've, they've got a crime number, they've gone with uh, the London police uh, that met, and they're using a QC, a Queen's Council barrister. So for me, you know, as, as enthusiastic and as as um, uh, as heartfelt as, as he sounded, that, that sounded, you know, very peculiar to me that a member of the Queen's Council who, you know, that's the top level crown uh, legal professional is going, you know, biting the hand that feeds them, right? In order no, to, it's not going to happen. Second, <laughs> it's not going to happen. You can't use the system to indict the system. We've learned that ad nauseum over decades when we first tried to indict the Crown for genocide. Each court in Canada kept throwing out. out. One judge said to us, uh, "This is ultra vires the issue of genocide by the Crown because that means outside my jurisdictional competence." That's their polite way of saying I can't bite the the hand that appointed me and feeds me, right? No judge in, in the crown system is ever going to indict the crown. Like, that's absurd. That's leading people down a, a false dead end deliberately because they're not stupid, you know. Sure. They, they, they might throw a few politicians or, you know, low level yeah. uh, individuals to the wolves to, to placate yeah. we the people. But when, it, when push comes to shove, uh, someone who's wrapped up in, in that moneyed uh, pseudo spiritual cult of the, the, Temple of Bar Association, right, is is unlikely to bite the hand that feeds them. And well, not only unlikely, they can't or they'll face right. arrest. That's the point. They're prevented. They take an oath of office. They take a confidentiality, sign a confidentiality agreement whereby they have to abide by Crown authority. If not, they're out. So um, it excludes any alternative. Any serious threat is immediately contained. So you got to be outside. You know, their system, even from the point of view of your confidence, look at those people all along the route going to Ottawa. Yeah, they might be distracted, but the point is they're all finding their own power. They're not relying on some, you know, judge, some member of parliament, something. They're out there themselves. And that's an, a, that's a sacred lesson to learn. That's how people find their power. Yeah, they're, they're where we were 20 years ago or something. So what? People all evolve. Every, people change. And one day, they're going to be the new revolutionaries, especially the young people, right? This is how they learn. So I don't, I don't judge any of them. This is part of their growth. But just know who's really directing it. Ask in any movement, who organized it? Who funds it? Two questions. If they can't show that, it's suspect, right? Any of these distractions. Sure. Uh, and, and therefore, then, that leap of uh, cognitive or, or consciousness to that uh, taking on a responsibility of the, um, the, the, the individuals and, and the, the little guy, we, we get to um, unions and, and, you know, people choosing what uh, – Bond, if you like, what what uh, label, what umbrella to get together 
uh, with right? the, the adage of the North American indigenous, where one one arrow breaks easily, but many um, right. you know, are unbreakable. That happens when people take personal responsibility. Um, and here's the missing element here. People are very easy to say, and that's why there's so many people objecting to COVID, you're taking away my rights, which is a, a false idea because nobody ever takes you anything from you. They can't. You take it from yourself. You allow it to be taken from you. And so people say, well, my rights have been taken away. I want them back and that'll be fine. Right. So it's a very limited defensive way of thinking. But at the same time, they recognize that it can only happen through their own actions. So but but that's just part A. Part B is responsibility. Then you have to take over the country. You have to set up your assemblies. You've got to be a delegate. You've got to be the sheriff that makes these arrests. And if not, you can't complain because if it's not you, who is it? Right. Um, you know, and that I remember that scene from that American film Dances with Wolves about the Lakota, the native people. And they're deciding whether or not to go against to war against the U.S. cavalry. And one of the elders says, well, no man can tell another what to do. We each have to decide for ourselves if we're going to go to war. Any warrior had to could stand back and not go. They were under no central authority. Well, that's the law of nature. It's like we need to not only decide for ourselves, but we can only do that when we're responsible for ourselves. And we're not raised to be responsible. We're raised to be slaves, be dependent in our thinking. And that breaks in practice. It doesn't break because you're taught another alternative. People say, yeah, that sounds good. You'll only know that in, by going through it and finding your power again and then say, I can take responsibility. Now I can do it. Now I can join this new republic. You see that happening all over. That's the the organic process that we need to encourage all the time, right? Yep, 100%. And, and the, the, the media, you know, we've mentioned it already, the, the media are trying to throw us a, a googly or whatever the phrase is, trying to deflect us and, and send us send us down. Is is there are we at the point now opportunity wise where we can stop the what well, is it's collusion it's enabling it's complicit with these massive genocidal crimes against humanity so are we at a point now where we can we can stop media corporations uh, lying yeah. oh <laughs> we need that through direct action I mean we have teams not only going into pharmacies and taking the COVID poison off the shelf. We have people now talking about walking to the television stations, Okay, um, you know, taking them over, taking over the media. And of, of course, that's just one aspect. When they control the Internet, which they largely do, we've got to create our alternatives and realize, look, the way you do this is not find our own Internet because they frankly, their system has a technology 20 years in advance of ours and they can run circles around anything we try to do in that medium. What they can't control is our ability to meet one on one and directly and work as human beings. We, we, we long for that. We long for that human contact. That's where they don't have control. You never attack where they're strong. You attack where they're weak, where they're weak is our own human contact with each other. That's what we have to rely on all the time. And, you know, when you do that, miracles happen. I've seen it happen. Right. <laughs> and and you, I, I agree hundred percent that here in, in Britain, it's, we're so densely packed on this Island, whatever it is, 70 million on, on a, a yeah relatively small island that that's uh network communication of word of mouth which as you're saying here you know is is the most powerful form of um 
reconnaissance and uh, intelligence, right? We're we're talking from a war situation. And and that's perhaps one of the reasons why we've done so well. I'm very, very proud of uh, my kinfolk over here because, you know, the marches and and the get-togethers have been so uh, powerful and and comprehensive. And we're perhaps, uh, you know, pushing the docket, uh, pioneering forwards uh, in this global upheaval, a paradigm shift. But it's it's last year's new, right? The the snow plan is going through fresh snow. And, and, you know, strategically where to put our attention and our energy. You know, that's that's, still a really good, really good question. That's the issue. And I know we've only got about 10 minutes left because I want to play this on my show on Sunday. Sure. Um, But but one thing I can say in England, I wish I was in England right now. Uh, I would just love it because the potential there, it's not only the home of common law, but now is strategically you're, the whole English speaking world looks to what's going on in England, really, even more than America now, because people go back naturally to the source of things. And that's where the whole notion that the people are the source of authority came from originally. Right. And, um, and so what I say to people in England is, look, talk now about having a convention, send delegates to a convention to form a republic, whatever you want to call that, Republic of Anglia or whatever. Understand your origin. Go back to the precedent in the 1640s of the English Civil War and the republic that was established lawfully in 1649. Understand that. And um, we've got tons of material on that. We can work with people to do that. Once you've established your constitutional republic, you can say bugger off to all of these people, the queen, the, the all of everything. You establish the republic and then their balloons start shrinking and yours starts expanding. I'd say that's essential. And also plan in July 1st to 4th, we're going to be holding online and low, national gatherings to form a federation of all these republics. There are now nine countries uh, that are doing that, that want to form a coordinating power because look like with the catholic church we're up against a global corporatocracy we've got to be organized globally and that's the other piece of this but that's a lot for a lot of people to take in but we're working systematically towards that sure we've we've given it 45 caps should we should we call it quits there anything else to to close with uh, just that final point that it's it's kind of acting locally and with our vision on the big geopolitical situation. And uh, like I say, murderbydecree.com, ITCCS updates, hells all the warrants. I say we're going to post that reward offer and the arrest warrant for the three W's in England, uh, Walmsley, Welby and Windsor. Uh, get it to the truckers. They're starting. I sent you that uh, notice where they're starting tomorrow. They're going to go all over the country. We've got people getting the warrants and the reward offer into their hands and say, go for it. Don't stop. Arrest these people. Stop the system. And um, there'll be a lot more very soon about that. And, and just to close the specifics, uh, let's say that a, a gang of truckers get hold of Justin Welby, for example. Uh, how do they how do they claim their 10,000? <laughs> oh, well, we have sheriffs in England. You contact our court, ITCCS office at protonmail.com, and they'll be paid. They, we were given uh, over a million dollars in donations for bounty money. Uh, Seventy-five defendants or convicted felons times ten thousand is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars U.S. And so we have that. It is sitting in the bank, waiting to—well, not a bank, but anyway—waiting uh, <laughs> to be distributed. People who stop these individuals. Don't forget, Welby. 
like Queen Elizabeth, gave personal authorization for children to be used in drug testing experiments in Anglican uh, and Catholic church facilities, because they're really one and the same, um, and, and hospitals and orphanages, they're convicted criminals. They have to be arrested on site and then take them to the local police. The police must imprison them. They have to follow these arrest warrants or they're aiding and abetting a crime and they're, they can be convicted. So all of that you can see on our websites and uh, take action. That's the important thing. And, and those crimes against children that you're talking about with, with these uh, chemical pharmaceuticals, was that just over with you in North America, with the Anglican church? No. Over there? That's over here too. No. In England, uh, all of the English speaking world, other countries, Chile. I just had a long talk with people because that we'll have to do another show, but the Chinese pharma company Sinovac is setting up their own private clinics uh, where people are forced in for drug testing experiments. There's mass graves of children who've died from these places all over the world. The one in on Vancouver Island it, is, has bodies in there as recently as 2019 people who died in these experiments and organ trafficking and other things. So this is an ongoing crime really everywhere in the world, but especially focused where the church of England, the Vatican and others have their, their so-called, uh, you know, jurisdiction, which they don't in fact, but their power traditionally, you know, there's a, a really recent one. I can't remember that guy's name. Something like uh, Giordano or Gordano or something. And, and he had an interesting story. He, he was in a car accident and lost Consciousness. Next thing he knew, he was, he was awake in a hospital right. bed with a, with a yeah. drip going into him and catheters, all this kind of stuff. And they injected him, you know, and, and called it COVID to claim their you know money, blood money from from the oh, yeah. uh, from the from the system. Well, and and he, he, just, he just took it all out and left. Right? They're, they're, they're accosting people. Crime can happen behind the camouflage of a public health scare. This is a massive criminal regime and anyone is vulnerable. And that's what those people out there recognize. We could be next. Our children could be next by this criminal system. That's why you got uprooted at its source and, and stop it and create something where we, the people control it. But it's been great Owen. thank yeah. you for this. I appreciate great. it. No, you too. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Kev. Great, great place to finish. We, the people, okay. all the best. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. All right.